Welcome. We are so glad you have joined us today. Are you ready for another Bayside Christian Church podcast? Let's get straight into it. We've been doing a series on hope as a name and we've got that beautiful song that we've been singing. I want to continue that today and then I'm going to finish the series on Christmas Eve. Hope because God knows how to hold us up and to communicate with us. I want us to uh, look at uh, Luke 1, verses 46 to 55, which is the song of Mary, the mother of Jesus. Do you realize that there are four main songs in the first um, two chapters of Luke? And that's interesting that God would cause people to sing prophetic songs. Right then, the power of music, the power of song, it can move your heart. You can be down and discouraged and you put on a praise song and within within a minute, all of a sudden, your heart thinking, well, yeah, things are tough, but it's not, God's still greater, you know, and your heart can just lift. Music has the power to move your soul, but when it's Christian music with God's prophetic word in it, it will move your spirit and change your whole perspective in life. That's the power of Christian music. And we are... Four songs recorded in these first two chapters when Jesus came because he knows the power of Christian music and song to shift our perspective and to bring breakthrough and hope. We have the four songs. The first one is in Luke 1, 46 to 55 that we want to read in a moment. It's called The Magnificent. It's Mary was the singer and it's God's exaltation of the lowly and it talks about the humiliation of the mighty because Jesus came to be ruler And people think they were in charge, but hey, we're never really in charge because God's the Lord of all. The second song is in verses 68 to 79. It's called the Benedictus. It was sung by Zachariah, the father of John the Baptist. And he sings and prophesies God's salvation through the Davidic Messiah and the prepared by John the Baptist. So he actually sings a prophetic song of who his uh, son, him and his wife were barren, they were elderly, and God supernaturally sent the angel to say, you're going to have a child. And so he was born a few months before Jesus. And so Zachariah pronounced that. The third song is the probably the most well-known one. That's when the angels came in Luke 2, 14. And it says, a whole host of angels came and started to sing and said, peace on earth, goodwill to all men. And the heavens were filled with the glory and the light of God. And they sang this amazing song that changed the whole atmosphere of what was happening there. And the fourth song um, is, uh, that, that one's called Gloria in Excelsius Deo. That's where you get that carol. That's where that, what that means. And the fourth one was the Nunc Dimittis, which was sung by Simeon, the old man in the temple when baby Jesus came on the eighth day to be dedicated to the Lord. And he prophesied and sang God's salvation as the glory of Israel and a light to the Gentiles. So there's four songs recorded. I don't know what instruments they sang. Obviously, the angels had their own band and choir came with them. The others just sang out of their spirit to the Lord. Probably not any instrument helping them, but it was just coming out of their spirit to the Lord. So there's great power in prophetic song. Let's read the one of Mary's prophetic song. Just focus on that for a few minutes today as we are coming towards Christmas. Luke 1, 46 to 55. In the message version, uh, in the passion version, it says, And Mary sang this song, My soul is ecstatic, overflowing with praises to God. My spirit bursts with joy 
over my life-giving God. The angel had just come and said, you're going to be with child. And Mary said, well, how can that happen? I'm a virgin. It says the Holy Spirit's going to overshadow you. And what's going to be birthed in you is the Son of God. And she's trying to just get her head and heart around that, remembering that she would be considered a, uh, a single mom, that a baby born out of wedlock because she was engaged but not married. So she's gone through all the craziness which could mean rejection and even religious people could have stoned her for that in that time so she had wow was this good news or bad news she's trying to juggle it all out but her spirit just rose up and sang this incredible song of thanks and faith so she said my soul is ecstatic overflowing with praises to God my spirit bursts with joy over my life-giving God for he said his tender gaze upon me his lowly servant girl. She was probably only in her teens. And from here on, everyone will know that I have been favoured and blessed. The mighty one has worked a mighty miracle for me. Holy is his name. Mercy kisses all his godly lovers. From one generation to the next. Mighty power flows from him to scatter all those who walk in pride. Powerful princes he tears from their thrones and he lifts up the lowly to take their place. Those who hunger for him will always be filled. But the, strong, the smug and self-satisfied he will send away empty because he can never forget to show mercy. He has helped his chosen servant Israel, keeping his promises to Abraham and to his descendants forever." What an amazing song to come out of all the incredible encounters she's just had. She was obviously a godly young woman that when this happened, the Spirit of God rose up with this incredible song, overflowing with joy and uh, just amazed. And it's, um, it's incredible that this is the first recorded person to call Jesus as Savior, was his earthly mother. Wow, before he'd even been born, before he'd started to do the miracles, a lot of people of his time saw the miracles and said, he must be the son of God. Even some that did said, oh, you're still doing that by the works of the devil. So even people that heard him preach and teach and amazing storyteller that ever lived, some of them still didn't get it. She got it just from a word from God and said, he's my saviour. Wow, what a revelation that is. That's a response to God. She rejoices in God not simply as her creator, but as her life giver and saviour. Wow, if only we could come with that simple childlike heartfelt response that you're my saviour. My creator, but you're my saviour. The NIV says, and Mary said, my soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my saviour. One of the versions says, my soul magnifies the Lord. She was just so overcome. She's lost for words. And I was sharing last week about when the shepherds went. It says, they had uncontrollable joy as they saw the baby wrapped in cloths. And for those who weren't here, the revelation came that the, uh, the little lambs that were born from the sheep that were going to be used as Passover lambs, when a you young lamb was birthed they would take it and wrap it in cloths and put it in the manger so that it wouldn't bruise itself so it would be a perfect sacrifice when it grew up 
That's why when the shepherds went, the angel said, it will be a sign to you. Only the shepherds knew what that really meant. And I didn't know it till last week until the Holy Spirit showed me because someone had studied it. I thought, wow, that was the sign. That's why they were so excited. They ran and said, this is the Saviour. This is the Saviour. They knew by that sign. And God wants us to know that his signs and wonders, his presence, his power will so cause our hearts to rise with love and adoration. Mary also understood in verse 55 by revelation that the Christ child would fulfill the promises of mercy that God gave to Abraham. You'll be blessed to be a blessing. And she even exclaimed and declared that. And I started to think about three key words that represent Jesus. Number one, his presence, Emmanuel, God with us. We need his presence more than we need the physical presence that are given to us. How awesome when we get them. And I love watching kids. Sometimes they spend more time on the wrapper and the box and forget what's inside, you know. <laughs> Sometimes we forget how Jesus was wrapped as a baby and then as the Son of God and then the Saviour on the cross. We forget what was inside the wrapping, the Son of God. And so I want to encourage you at this Christmas time, value his presence. Enjoy giving and receiving presents, but value his presence more than ever. John 1.14 says, The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus chose to become as a baby, born in a stable. And uh, the message version says Jesus moved into the neighborhood. Just left heaven and says, I'm here. I've come to bring light in the darkness. I've come to show you how to love and be forgiven. And so that's what he did. And the power of that, his presence. Number two, we see his power, his purpose. So number one is his presence. Jesus also came with great purpose. And uh, we've heard that shared around communion today as well. 1 John 3 says, For this purpose was the Son of God manifest that he might destroy the works of the evil one. What is the greatest work of the evil one? It's sin. Deception of humanity brought sin, which is selfishness and all of our own focus. It's all about me, me, me. How can we take millions of selfies all the time? It's about us. But when Jesus comes... We don't take as many selfies, we take pictures of other people because we're focused on others less than ourselves. And so this purpose, Jesus came to be manifest, to be revealed. He might destroy the works of the evil one. That evil can be addiction, it can be hereditary sins through families, it can be loss and shame and guilt. Jesus came to break the power of that. He might have been born as a baby, but he was the Son of God. I love that song, Silent Night, Jesus, Lord, at your birth. That's a beautiful thought, isn't it? That's why the wise men came with those gifts. They realized that he was a king, a son of God. The shepherds knew it. Mary knew it prophetically even before he was born. Wow, that's what she was singing about. And thirdly, we see his power. Luke 4.18, when Jesus was 30 years old, 
says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me and he has anointed me to be hope for the poor, freedom for the brokenhearted and new eyes for the blind and to preach to prisoners. You are set free. This is when Jesus started his ministry. He read from Isaiah 61. I have come to share the message of Jubilee for the time of God's great acceptance has begun. We don't know much about Jesus' early life. We have a glimpse when he was, it says he grew in faith with God. And we have a glimpse when he was 12 in the temple. Then we don't hear anything more until he was 30, which was the time when Jewish men were going to step up and serve in their role in the temple. So he then stepped up to become the rabbi, the teacher, that for the next three and a half years demonstrated the kingdom of God. They said he speaks with authority. Let me tell you, when Jesus speaks a word to you, there's something shifts in our hearts. And today, Jesus is speaking a word of authority to some of our lives, saying, come on, it's time to get up and fulfill your God-given purpose. Come on, it's time. I've come to destroy the works of the evil one that has held you back. Fear and shame. You don't have to stay in that place anymore because I've come with purpose and I've got the power to turn that around. And he empowers us to bring that hope to others. I love John 3.34. It says, The one whom God has sent to represent him will speak the words of God. For God has poured out upon him the fullness of the Holy Spirit without limitation. The Father loves his Son so much that all things have been given into his hands. The Amplified says, God gives the gifts of the Spirit without measure, generously and boundlessly. Wow, we have so many limits in our lives, don't we? We can't buy this because we've got limited amount of money. Well, I don't think I could really study that course because I've got limited intelligence. Or I don't think I've got that degree of gift or talent, so therefore I can only go this high. I'm amazed when the Holy Spirit's let loose in our lives, He starts to lift you beyond your natural limits. He starts to raise you upon your own self-imposed limited expectations. He will get you to arise from your spirit above what other people limit you with. Has anyone ever spoken to you? Oh, you could never do that. Or you could never achieve that. You could never finish a course at uni. Or you couldn't ever really serve God like that person. God says, when, when someone says, oh, I said, no, I can't, but I can, I can do all that he's called me to do and it might be different or greater. Some of you are aware that Reinhard Bonnke, that great Avengers, passed away just a couple of weeks ago. 76 million recorded decisions for Jesus in his ministry. That's recorded decisions. Who knows how many multitudes of others. I've read his biography twice now. and Every time I read it, I weep way through it and I get so stirred and says, God, let me not settle for what I've achieved yet. If you want to give someone a Christmas present or read a book in the, over the holidays, get Reinhard Bonnke's story. It will just put a fire in your soul. It will burn within you and it will destroy every limitation that people have put on you. His own family, he was the youngest of five boys and his own family didn't believe he would achieve anything. They all went off to uni, become doctors and he just kept saying, from 10 years old, he said, I'm called to preach. And from about 11, he says, I see myself preaching in Africa with all these young they, they kept dismissing it for years and years, but God just kept stirring him. And one day he's in a prayer meeting, and this lovely little old lady started to prophesy and had the vision of what happened in Africa. She prophesied and said, I see it all happening. 
And he'd already seen it in his own heart. And then he started this journey and took many years before it happened. But he refused to give up. And let me tell you, when the Spirit comes on us, there is no measure or limitation. You will achieve what God's called you to achieve if you believe it and you cooperate with it. And Jesus demonstrated it. They put, tried to put him in a box. He went to his hometown and his family, his brother said, Oh, you're my, you're my brother. And they said, You're the carpenter's son. They tried to put limits on what he could be and do. But he refused to let the limits control him because he knew what was inside of him. When the Spirit of God comes on our lives, he pushes back the limits. He will help you to fulfill all that you've called to be and do. He'll push back those limits that others have put on you. And most of we put on ourselves. Oh, I'm, I'm not good at that. Or I couldn't really be that. Or I follow, struggle to follow things through. Or I got all my weakness and temptations. And we settle for way less than what God's called us to do. But let me tell you, the Spirit came without measure on Jesus. And when you read that scripture, it says clearly that that scripture applies to Jesus, but it also applies to his sons and daughters that the Spirit can come without measure on you. Wow. Presence, purpose, and power. That's what we have in Jesus Christ. And Mary was singing those incredible things in her heart. It says... The one whom God has sent to represent him will speak the word of God. Jesus came as the son of God to represent the father. And as we heard, when Jesus left, he sent the Holy Spirit to represent God because he is God. And then when we're born again by his spirit, he then sends you to represent Jesus to this world. And have a look at that word represent. It's actually two words put together. It is re-present. So the Spirit of God anoints you and I to re-present Jesus to our world. And that all gets me thinking, how well do I present Jesus to our world? Wow. Oh God, I really didn't communicate that very well I didn't show that I walked past that person that you wanted me to take a moment and just offer kindness to to re-present Jesus to the world is what God's called us to do at this Christmas time and what a privilege because Jesus has done it Luke 2:52 says as Jesus grew so did his wisdom and maturity the favor of man increased upon his life but he was loved greatly by God just to wrap it up today, I just want to take just two more minutes to look at Mary saw Jesus as her saviour. Titus 3 verse 4. When the extraordinary compassion of God our saviour and his overpowering love suddenly appeared in person in Jesus, as the brightness of a dawning day, he came to save us. Not because of any virtuous deed that we have done, but only because of His extravagant mercy. He saved us, resurrecting us through the washing of rebirth. We are made completely new by the Holy Spirit, whom He splashed over us richly by Jesus, the Messiah, the life giver. So as a gift of His love, and since we are faultless, innocent before His face, we can now become heirs of all things, all because of an overflowing hope of eternal life.
That's a beautiful, just leave that up for a minute. It's a beautiful passage. Titus chapter 3, verses 4 to 7. The extraordinary compassion of God our Savior appeared as the brightness of a dawning. That's what happened when Jesus came to earth. It's not just a nice religious story or a romantic story about a baby being born. and It's way, way more than that. But he was fully human and fully divine. He put skin on, walked with emotions, relationships, so that you and I can not just see Jesus as the Son of God, but he was the Son of Man. And I find a lot of us put Jesus up here and we forget that he came here so that we could connect here. That's why he came. I talk to people and I say, oh, can you pray for, for our family? I said, why don't you pray? Oh, God wouldn't hear us. He's up in heaven. He wouldn't hear me because I'm not a good person. I said, no, you've missed what Jesus came to do. He came to connect with you and I as Saviour, as Lord. I want to encourage you today, wherever you are in your season of life, in your understanding of Jesus, He wants to draw you closer. Let this Christmas not be a religious experience or a nice family gathering or the food and the friendship and all those beautiful things that are part of this season and how precious it is. Peace on earth, goodwill to all men. People give cards and gifts and, hey, we should do that all year. We'd all go broke, but it would be fun, wouldn't it? (laughs) But the beauty of his love. As the worship team comes, Hope has a name, the name of Jesus. I want to ask you today, how well do you know this amazing Savior? Is it an experience that someone else has told you about? Or do you know him as your beautiful Savior? Maybe you've been brought up in church, but no one's ever really presented Jesus as your Savior and one that he wants you to come and know him as Son of God and Son of Man. Maybe you thought, God, you're just, you're perfect and and you see Him as the Son of God, which is awesome. But when He walked on earth, He talked about Himself being the Son of Man more than He did about being the Son of God. Because He wanted people to get it, that God loves us and He walks amongst us. Last scripture is Isaiah 9, 6 and 7, which is a beautiful one that we sing sometimes. For to us, a child is born... To us, a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. If we listen to all that the news is saying, there's emergencies and there's darkness all over our world. But if you look with the eyes of Jesus, there's light and love shining in increasing measure. Because the Bible says, of the increase of his government, there will be no end. Let me tell you, the kingdom of God is arising. The church of Jesus Christ is learning how to present and represent Jesus better and better. Multitudes of people are coming to find light and hope. Darkness is across the earth. But arise and shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon us. The kingdom of God is going to be revealed. It's going to be released. His love and hope and forgiveness is becoming more and more obvious through your life and mine. Through the kingdom of God because it says His government, His authority will know no end. 
And no work of darkness can stop that. No strong-willed person, no dictator can stop Jesus being the Son of God because He's come to be the Son of Man to bring us into that place of relationship and freedom. How awesome is our beautiful God. Let's just bow our heads for a moment. Just take a moment. I want you to thank thank Jesus for being your Saviour. Thank Him that He came to this earth to bring heaven to earth. Thank you for joining us. Bayside Christian Church Community aims to transform our city and beyond with the life and power of Jesus Christ. If you want to know more or just keep in touch, check us out at www.baysidechristianchurch.com.au or on our social media pages at Bayside Christian Church.